Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. So, I want you to turn to Philippians. Turn to Philippians. Actually, let's go to let's go to Ephesians. Now, how long do we have, Pastor? As long as I need. Okay. <laughs> So Ephesians chapter 5, there in verse 8, says, For you once were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Now sometimes I, I, I get more on, along the line of a teach anointing, and I think it's going to be along that line tonight. But at the same time, uh, I have to be very careful to be led by the Spirit of God. So, so we're just going to flow with Him and what He wants to say tonight. We don't, you know, we're not just going to be stuck with the lesson per, per se, but at the same time, we honor God's word. And if it's just straight teaching, it's what we need. Amen. 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 So sometimes God has me move in the spirit and, and, and with the gifts and what have you. Whatever we need, whatever you need, God's got it for you. Whether that's tonight in this church building, whether it's uh, when you're driving home and you get the light of it. Uh, whether you're in your own prayer closet and, and, you're, and God ministers to you. So we teach people this ought to be a lifestyle. It's just not something that you get in a service. But you're going to get revelation of the word of God tonight. And at some time and place, God's going to expect you to respond and use that. Amen? So you were once darkness, but now you're light. So walk. So that means to utilize. That means to use. Your children of the light. And, and what does light mean? For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And really that's talking about the fruit of your human spirit. And just real quickly, we're going to go to Galatians and just show you there. It's really talking about the same thing. And these are scriptures that I love when I'm led to teach along this line. And in Galatians chapter 5, verse 16, it says, I say then, walk in the Spirit. Now, what are they talking about? And you shall not fulfill the lust of, of the flesh. It's really talking about use what's in your human spirit. And that word spirit really should have been in a lower case. And you could say, walk in or use what is in your human spirit by the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit put everything you need inherent in your spirit is everything you need to accomplish God's best for your life. The Spirit of Christ came into your spirit when you were born again and you were saved. And he put into you the tools that you need. Now let's go on down because it says in verse 22, but the fruit of the Spirit is what? And really we could say the fruit of the human spirit, again, by the Holy Spirit. So the fruit of the human spirit by the Holy Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, faithfulness, really, we could say faith. Against such, such there is no law, because I'm, I'm reading there in the, in the New King James, against such there is no law, and those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires if we live in the spirit. Or you could say this, if we are looking to our human spirit where all of the fruit of the spirit are. If we're looking because the kingdom of God, Jesus said the kingdom of God is within you. So we have to look to our spirit. Now, one of the main things that I believe to get across tonight, we're going to be talking a little bit about some prayer. We're going to be talking about uh, really when you are confident in who you are in Christ and when you are building the fruit of the Spirit in your own life, 
you can go to prayer not only for yourself, but you can pray for others. Paul was confident in who he was in Christ. Well, you may say, well, that was Paul. (laughs) Uh, My friend, he was a Christian just like you. And you have the ability to tap into those tools within you. It's just like in a home. There's a coffee maker. There's a bed. There's a refrigerator. If you want some coffee, just go in there and start the coffee makeup or put some water in there, put some of the, you know, coffee that you like, and Java comes out. Amen? (laughs) And you're using or you're utilizing what you need. So we have the kingdom of God inside of us. We have the spirit of Christ inside of us. We've got to understand these synonymous terms. Inherent in God's grace within us is everything. I see it. That there's been teaching on the light and walking in the light. And so a progressive anointing has been coming upon this place to walk in the light. And then the mo'oshana asie and a pasusha to come mosande, to come higher, higher, higher. Ha. Now, I don't often do this, but I'm just going to pasundushte. So I just say, Father, the anointing whereby strengthened and the namosunda ikita, progressive, progressing into the doorway that so she's desired to go into, seeing things, to make it easier. We thank you. We thank you because of faithfulness, because of light, because of teaching. And so the Spirit says it will be easier in the weeks to come. And it's like you're going into a room and you're looking around and I say there's light. And even mandura, even pakika, ushenande. And what about those arms and legs and things and even hearts that are in that room? You can say, Lord, we need that. And then the mera sukuto. And I'll hear, and I will respond. Ha, 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 ha. And it's a progressive anointing that you've walked into that allows you to go in and take hold of that. Ha, 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 ha. Thank you, Lord. Now, I can't make all that up, and I don't make those things up. So if that means anything, I'll just, you know, uh, I, I give that. So, uh, praise the Lord. So we're walking in the light. We're learning about things. And, and in this last day revival, we, we need to go into rooms. We need, to, to, we, need to, uh, we need people that are walking in the light in a progressive way that they're able to get what we need in the services. Because if we don't have that, we won't meet the needs of the people. And we're going to be seeing people with great needs coming into the local church in this era. Amen. Amen. So, praise the Lord with that. Amen. The Holy Ghost is the only one that can, it can, uh, can do that. Praise the Lord. So, so with that... If we live in the spirit, so if we're looking to our human spirit, just like if you're in the home, you're looking for the coffee maker, okay, because you want coffee. If you're tired, what are you looking for? The bed or a seat to sit down in. Let us also walk in the spirit. Let's use those things. Let's use them. Uh, Let us become, don't let us become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. In other words, walk in love. So where were we before that? We were in Ephesians. So let's go back there. So we're really talking about the same thing there when it says, for you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And that's what we were talking about, the fruit of the human spirit there. So finding out what is acceptable to the Lord, and really that word acceptable means well-pleasing. Finding out what's well-pleasing. 
Now, we can't find out what God's will is if we're always looking behind in yesteryear, allowing our past to dog us. And one of the things that I believe that God dealt with me in a very strong way is we've got to lay condemnation down. Now, there's two things that God commands us. That's to believe and to walk in love. And there's a commandment to believe. That means use your faith. What do you use your faith for? To grow in the fruit of the Spirit. Use your faith to love people. Use your faith to, to stir up the joy. You use your faith to walk in peace. You use your, you use your faith uh, for healing. You use your faith for all your redemptive rights. What are our redemptive rights? One is that we're forgiven. We're redeemed from spiritual death. And we're forgiven on a daily basis. We're forgiven for the sin of not receiving Christ. And Christ comes and lives in our heart through the spirit of Christ. And all of these tools of the fruit of the human spirit have been deposited by the Holy Spirit that we just read about in Galatians chapter 5. And uh, we've been forgiven. You just go to the Lord and say, Lord, I'm sorry. And then get back to the business of building, building the fruit. Don't look behind you. So there's a commandment there in 1 John chapter 3 that talks about the commandment in the new covenant is to believe. In other words, use your faith to grow in the fruit of the Spirit. Use your faith for your redemptive right and privileges. But you can't move ahead or forward if you're looking back. And condemnation simply means a damnatory sentence. And I really believe God is dealing with me in a very strong way. You see, when we allow condemnation in, we're thinking about everything we can't do. And recently, Pastor Nancy talked about, you know, sure, you say to the Lord at times, well, Lord, I just want to do better. Well, we all want to do better. But don't pull over and park on, Lord, I just want to do better. Just get up on a daily basis and say, Father, I give you my life and I go forward and start speaking the resurrection word out of your mouth that will resurrect things that you are looking to take place in your life. Because resurrection power isn't just for, you know, heaven. It's for the now. We will rise again and be with Christ, but we've got to speak the resurrection power out of our mouth and resurrect things in our life. But that means that we've got to let condemnation down. We don't always feel like we're saved. I mean, do you feel like you're saved when you get up in the morning and you're looking in the mirror and your hair is like... So we've got, you know, uh, I can go very quickly, but I don't want to lose pace here. But I will go very quickly to 1 John chapter 3. And just because I believe the Spirit of God wanted to say something there. He's been dealing with me, lay down condemnation. You have condemnation, all those things you've accomplished. It's not about things we've accomplished. It's really about looking at things I haven't accomplished. That's where, the com that's where the condemnation comes in, you understand? And I know you're just like me. You're, many times you're, 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 uh, you think you've got to look at those things that you haven't accomplished in order to accomplish them. But what we've got to do is leave the past behind us, and then we've got to start saying what we believe. We've got to start talking about who we are in Christ. If you need healing in your body because you are the healed of the Lord, you just start talking about, I'm healed, I'm whole, I'm full of life, I'm strong in the Lord. But I don't feel healed, and there's some things I need to accomplish before healing can work. Well, let me tell you something. If you put oil in a car, and maybe you put the wrong oil in that car, does that mean that the car is no longer a car? If it, if it runs right or whether it doesn't. If you put the wrong oil in that car and that car breaks down, does that mean that that car is no longer a car? Well, we are the healed of the Lord. We are righteous. Whether we feel like it, whether we do righteous acts, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And sometimes I put the wrong oil in my car. But that doesn't mean I'm no longer righteous. It just means that that's hindering my assurance 
to allow those things to readily flow in my life. So very quickly there it says in 1 John 1, 1 John 3, actually 16, 1 John 3, 16, by this we know love, because he laid down his life for us, we also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. Love is part of the commandment, it's part of the commandment. The other is our faith, or our believing system. In verse 17, but whoever has this world's goods and sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart from him, how does the love of God abide in him? So I would just say this, always watch your love walk. You know, yesterday I said something uh, about a a certain politician that, that I didn't like and God dealt with me. You were judging their heart. We can judge doctrine. We can judge those things. You understand? But I'm not supposed, it says judge not and you'll not be judged. So I actually sent a text right away and said, I'm sorry to some of my staff. I shouldn't have said that. Shouldn't have said that. Because I actually was judging their heart. Now, why are they doing this, this way? God dealt with me. It's not your place. You just pray for wisdom and light and understanding. Amen? So I've learned that that's how sickness can get in. We have to be very careful to shut this mouth up and stop judging people, stop talking about people, start giving our opinions so that we can be honorable to the Lord, so that we can walk healthy and whole and just be a blessing. So in verse 18, my little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. And by this we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. So assure is a faith term. And that's part of the commandment, to believe. Faith means to believe. It means assurance. So verse 20 says, For if our heart condemns us, if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and knows all things. I know, Pastor Debbie, I've been there for a long time. My heart has been condemning me, and that's why I'm not healed. Your heart's condemning you because you're looking at the past. You're looking at what you can't do. And the fact is, you are healed, my friend. So get your mouth in line, whether you feel like it or not, leave the past behind, and simply take that first part of redemption, forgiveness, and get up in the morning and just say, Father, I don't feel saved, and if there's anything I need to change in my life, I give it to you, but I'm going to speak your word, and when I stir up the joy, the, the sadness will move out. What what I mean is you let sadness in your heart through your mind gate. You started speaking sadness. You started speaking how you feel because that's the only way. I know that because it's the only way it can get in. The sheep didn't jump over the fence unless you let the door open. So the only way that we can uh, let sadness get in is start talking sad. Start talking. I, I, I'm oppressed. Start talking. But I, you know, this happened to me when, when I was a young girl. And there are some things that happened to me when I was a young girl. But I had to lay them down by faith and say, Father, I'm asking you to bring health and healing and prosperity in the areas that the devil stole from me as a young girl. And I'm not saying that you won't shed some tears, but you got to, in the morning, there's joy. And I'm not sure if you realize it, but we're in the morning. Amen. Not not morning, M-O-U-R-I-N-G. No, I'm in the bright light of the morning. I'm I'm no longer in the darkness of the past. I'm no longer living in the shadows of the past. No, it doesn't matter what you feel, what you perceive, and what you think. The Word of God says that you are free. So if you'll just walk a straight line and go forward and not look at the past, it doesn't matter if you feel dogged or what you feel. Uh, you, you feel dead. You feel sick. You feel broke, and if you will get your mouth to working for you, eventually it will come out of your heart. you got to move some stuff out first, though. You're going to have to move some furniture out of the way of the coffee maker. All right. 
Amen. Move some furniture out of the way. All right. So if our heart does not condemn us, and that word condemns means to accuse. It's our heart accusing us. Why? Because we've allowed the sadness in. It's the sadness accusing us. It's, we've, we've allowed the doubt in. It's not the faith accusing you. It's the doubt. We've allowed the things that, Lord, I just don't know how to get through this. Now, I had somebody sitting in my office, and they were telling me, Pastor, I've been dealing with this for four years, and, and I think it's because I'm not walking in love. And I said, well, it doesn't take four years to walk in love. She says, well, I just think, you know, because this happened and I responded this way. I said, honey, it, it, it would take you about 30 seconds to make the turn in that, maybe less. And all you have to do is tell that person you're sorry, and then you go away. It doesn't matter what you feel like. You are the healed of the Lord. God healed you over 2,000 years ago. It wasn't four years ago. It wasn't two years ago. And it wasn't like he healed you over 2,000 years ago. It doesn't take four years to get healed. Now, the thing is, you're moving some furniture out of the way. <laughs> and while you're moving some of that furniture, in other words, you're renewing your mind with the Word of God and you're developing your heart. We're renewing our minds and developing our heart. And it happens at the same time. What do you mean? A renewed mind means to renovate the mind. It, may, it basically means to change out the mentalities or the thinking with God's Word. You know, just like if you came in here and you said, hey, we are renewing this building. We're going to change this carpet. You don't really want it. I mean, it's nice carpet. You don't have to. But I'm just using it as an illustration. Say, hey, we're going to renovate this next Saturday. And then you come back and you, you and the same carpet's here. Everything's, did you renovate it or not? No. It's, it's the same. Well, I'm waiting for a feeling. No. Just apply the word of God and tear the carpet of the old man out. What's the old man dogging you with? Tell him to shut up and start saying the word of God. Put the word of God in that place. You're renovating and you're going to have to do this on a daily basis. So the things of your past, the voices of your mom and dad didn't always, didn't always treat you know, the situation right, didn't always train you right. Some ways they did. You know, I love my mama, okay? i yeah, not speaking against my parents because I don't want to get a spanking when I get home. Okay? I'm not one of those people that you see in Walmart sometime telling their mamas what to do. And, and no, 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 no. No. And, and if you... My mom's sweet, but you don't, you don't, you don't do that. She, under, she understands honor, okay, and so do I. That's why I opened the door for her, and, and, I, and I ask her what I can do, because I'm honorable to my parent, okay? Well, moving right along, that was all free. So, con condemn means a damnatory sentence. It means an accusation. And the accusation comes from the things that you've allowed in your heart. So the conviction of the Spirit of God is what you want to listen to. And that comes from the faith in your heart. Well, I wish I had some faith in my heart. You do. The Spirit of Christ put in you, inherent in you, is all, are all the tools that you need to live. To make the coffee of God's plan for your life. I don't know what it is about coffee tonight, but if you go home and, you know, turn on the coffee maker and see, okay, maybe this will make me a better person. But anyway, all right. I don't think that has anything to do with it. Okay. So, verse 22, and, and really, let's read the rest of that. Verse 21, beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence. There's another faith term. Synonymous terms, assurance, confidence, faith. All right? When you have faith, the conviction of the Spirit of God will deal with you. Hey, the Word says this. Use your faith for that. The Word says stir up the joy. Stir up the joy. The Holy Ghost will talk to you. The Word says 
to be gentle with that person. Stop being so brash. Uh, stop being so harsh. Amen? Uh, the word says uh, to walk in love. So let's not condemn other people. Let's not judge other people's motives. Now, if God sometimes God will deal with me. Their motive's not right. But that's because I can stay clear from them. Or sometimes as a pastor, I've got to tell somebody, hey, I, I want you, you know, be careful of that person. But be very careful about, well, I perceive that they're not doing this right or they're not doing... Well, you're not the Holy Ghost. Let, let, you might say, hey, I have a witness that this isn't right. Then you stay clear of it. But be very careful about commenting on what you believe about what somebody else is doing. And judging their motives. Because that opens the door wide open for you, for people to judge you. You don't want that, do you? All right, well, that was all free. So in verse 22, whatever we ask, we receive from him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. And this is his commandment, that we should believe on the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as he gave us commandment. So there we go. We're believing and we're walking in love. And the condemnation is simply the voice of our spirit condemning us because of things we've allowed in. Now, this came on my heart, and I'm just going to go there. Let's turn to Acts chapter 8. Acts chapter 8. If you want to be a person of prayer, if you want to have a fellowship with the Lord where you can just go with the Lord and say, Father, it's like my mom. I can come home and I can just say, hey, mom, can we talk about this? And we talk about things. Well, you can have that relationship and all the more with your heavenly father because spirit to spirit. You're talking with your heavenly father. But so many times we allow condemnation. And why? Because that's what's gotten into our spirit. Now, that doesn't mean that you no longer have faith. Now, that faith is a seed, though. The faith you have, remember, inherent inside of you is all the tools that you need. Inherent in you is the grace of God. Or you could, they're synonymous terms. In the grace, there's faith. In the grace, there's joy. In the grace, there's gentleness. In the grace, there's love. And, and our faith works by love, but we love by faith. Or, you know, in order to work the joy, you've got to use your faith. Stir it up. But we've got to walk forward and not look behind us. And when we start looking behind and we start seeing things and then we start talking about it, it gets down inside. It goes through your mind's gate and it gets into your heart. And that's where bitterness comes from. Because when you became a new creature in Christ, you were free. I mean, you were cleaned. All the old things were passed away. You have become a new creature in Christ. You, in, inside of you is deposited all the tools you need. And you have a clean slate in your spirit. You've been forgiven according to the blood. So why are we taking things back again? How do I know that's happening? Well, we see it here in Philip's ministry. All right. Uh, so let's go to verse 9 there. There was a certain man called Simon. So this is Acts chapter 8, verse 9. There was a certain man called Simon who previously practiced sorcery in the city and astonished people in Samaria, claiming that he was someone great, to whom they all gave heed from the least to the greatest, saying, this man is the great power of God. And they heeded him because he had astonished them in this way. Sorceries for a long time. But when they believed Philip as he preached uh, the things concerning the kingdom, of the, the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ, both men and women were baptized. Then Simon himself, so Simon got saved, basically. Simon himself also believed. And when he was baptized, he continued with Philip and was amazed seeing the miracles and signs. So he's sitting on the front row. And he's seeing the signs and the wonders. He's seeing people get healed. But what happens? That old uh, stuff that was in him, drawing people to himself, wanting the recognition that the great power of God, rather than giving God the glory, he allowed things in again. 
He had been washed clean. His slate was washed clean. All he needed to do is believe in Christ, and then he became a new creature in Christ. But how do things get back in there? Well, we see in verse 14, actually, let's turn down, let's go down to verse 18. When Simon saw that through the laying of the, of the apostles' hands, the Holy Spirit was given, he offered them money, saying, give me this power also. See? He wasn't renewing his mind. See, that's what I'm trying to say. You can sit on the front row and you can say, amen, pastor. Amen. But if you're, not, if you're going home and allowing the things of your past to get back in by talking about them, by being around the atmospheres of people that are talking in your ear, association. Did you know that fellowship means association? Participation. So what you are associating with, what you are participating in at home is getting back inside you. Now you're still a Christian. You're still righteous. You still have faith, but it's like a seed in there. You still have joy, but it's like a seed in there. You still, and you don't just come to church and dance around, just use the joy. You've got to use the other things as well. You've got to be balanced in your walk with all the human, with all the fruit of the human spirit. Because that balance will help you avoid this thing that Simon got into. You see, if he was just sitting on the front row dancing in the Holy Ghost, that wasn't going to help him a whole lot. Because he's thinking wrong, and therefore he's allowing the same things to get back in that were in him before. Now, Peter said to him in verse 20, Your money perished with you because you thought that the gift of God could be purchased with money. You have neither part nor portion in this matter. And that matter is really utterance of tongues. That's what matter means. It means utterance. For your heart is not because we know uh, that when we get baptized in the Holy Ghost that the initial evidence is tongues, right? We see that on the day of Pentecost and we see that here in the scripture because the word matter means an utterance. And he, he saw something like Dad Hagen used to say, you know, he wasn't trying to buy something, you know. He, he wanted it because he saw that it might make him some money. There was something there. All right? For your heart is not right in the sight of God. So we know some things got back down in his heart. We're talking about growing up, maturing in the fruit of the spirit within you. Not looking behind you, but looking forward and moving and participating and associating, fellowshipping with God's word and the Spirit, but growing in the fruit of the Spirit by the words of your mouth and allowing the resurrection power of the Holy Spirit to change things because you're renewing your mind, you're developing your heart, and you're moving forward, and you're not looking back any longer. And you're not allowing condemnation to drag you down or what you feel. Because eventually, my friend, the feelings will change. You may not feel saved, but what does saved feel like? <laughs> Did you wake up after you got born again and there was a big S on your chest? Hallelujah! 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 Anyway, somebody thought that was funny. No, that didn't happen. But if you'll stir up the joy, and we teach people to stir up the joy, that's why we dance in the Holy Ghost. That's why we run and respond. But we're also walking in love. We're also, we're also being gentle and kind. We're also watching what we associate with. We're not looking behind us. And when, the, when Satan is talking in our ear about, hey, Mama taught me to do this. And remember, you don't get healed like that. And remember, this is flu season, so so you got to go get some, you know, uh, so you got to go get some medication. You got uh, medication is okay, but I'm saying the voice of the devil is getting on you, and he's trying to pull your past into your Christian future. And the only way that you can walk free from that and move the furniture out of the way of the coffee maker of healing is to start saying something. Yes, 
and start using your faith because we believe and we walk in love. And that's the commandment. Amen? So we see here in verse 22, Peter says, repent. Simon, therefore of this your wickedness, and pray to God, if perhaps the thought of your heart may be forgiven you, for I see you are poisoned by bitterness and bound with iniquity. Then Simon answered and said, pray the Lord for me that none of these things which you have spoken may come upon me. And that's where the people are in the church today. Pastor, pray for me. Lay hands on me that this demon would leave me. You don't have a demon. And maybe you do, but if you would just start speaking the word of God, he'd leave. I'm not talking about a demon in your, your spirit. I'm talking about if you've allowed sickness and disease because of the words of your mouth. You know, and Satan is actually manifesting in your life through sickness and disease. Well, that is demonic. Just speak to it. Tell it to go in Jesus' name. Sickness is of the devil. God didn't have any part in that. He didn't bring it into the world. So in that respect, yes, that is from the devil, but we don't get all weird about it. You can speak to it. You can say something. But you got to be renewed in your mind, developed in your heart. And it happens at the same time. So we know that things got into his heart. All right? Now we can see. Now let's go to Philippians. Is this all right? I've got about five subjects going on here. Philippians chapter 1. So things can get into your heart through your mind's gate. So you need something, at, you, need, you need a bouncer at the door of your mind. Scripture and verse, please. The devil comes and he tells you, you can't do that. Or he tells you, you know, pastor wants you to work in this area, but you can't do that. You're not very good with children. I know they want you to work in the nursery, but no. Uh, you're too anxious to do that. They'll drive you nuts. And that's what the devil's trying to tell you. That's what he tried to tell me. In the first week I worked with the children, they did drive me nuts. But it's because of what I was saying. I have a hard time working with children. I love children now. Children love me. I love to go and, and teach and preach. As a matter of fact, I'm, I'm ready to go teach and preach to the kids. I love to teach and preach to the kids. I, you know, we have a daycare. We have people uh, that say, you know, I, I've got five kids. Why would I want to work at a daycare? They drive me nuts. It's because of your words. And I can guarantee because you're speaking that way, they're driving you nuts at home. Okay? They're ruling the, ro the roost. All right, that was all free. Go ahead. I've gone to meddling now. Okay. So we see there in Philippians chapter 1, verse 3, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. You can tell I'm a pastor <laughs> because of what I, what I address. And, you know, we, we try to help one another. You know what I mean? Well, move me right along. <laughs> Philippians, amen. Philippians 1, verse 3, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you always in every prayer. You see, we're getting to prayer. Always in every prayer of mine, making requests for you all with joy for your fellowship, which means your union, your participation, your association in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this very thing, that he who has began a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. There's a little bit of feedback going on, but I don't know if they're able to fix that or not. Thank you very much. So being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Christ. And we look at that word complete. And that word complete means to bring to an end, accomplish, perfect, complete, take upon oneself, to make an end for oneself, to a point. Um, basically, just focus on accomplish. So God wants to accomplish in you what he has already designated you to be. He's designated you to be righteous. 
He's designated you to be healed. He's designated you uh, to, to uh, fulfill his plan. He put in you all the tools that you need to fulfill his plan. Now, when somebody made a car, they put all the tools in that car that that car needs to drive down the road. And you just need the key to turn it on, you know, put the clutch in, whatever you have there, and go down the street. You know, put a reverse and pull out of the parking lot. You've got to have some skill. Well, there's some things inside of us we've got to learn how to work. And the key is we are in Christ. The key is we have authority in Jesus' name. So in Christ, you have been number one. I never said two or three. Were you, there? Were you listening earlier? Number one, we've been redeemed from you know, darkness. We've been forgiven. So as Christians daily, we've been transferred from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. So we've been redeemed from uh, sin, all right? And we're forgiven. We can go to God and say, Lord, forgive me. That's why we can just lay it all behind us and go forward and associate with the Spirit, associate with His Word, associate with the thing, speak what His Word says, and just go to Him, go to the throne of grace and talk to Him on a daily basis. And therefore, just like Paul, you can pray for people. You can say, and I do it all the time. I plead the case of people and say, Lord, I'm asking you for so-and-so to show them this. Lord, not in a bad way, but I just say, Lord, they're ignorant in this. In other words, ignorant means they don't have knowledge in this. Or you've been trying to show them, I'm asking for mercy. Now, but if you're not merciful on yourself and asking God mercy for yourself, how are you going to ask for mercy for somebody else? If we're constantly looking at the past and the things that have dogged us in the past, then we're not free to go forward and just go to the kingdom of God unhindered, unfettered, unchained. And just go to the kingdom, you, you know, just turn within. The kingdom of God is within you and go to the throne of grace and talk to your heavenly father. Just like before we came here earlier today, we had kind of an exciting morning. Two houses down in the backyard, we had a big fire. And the wind, it was windy out. I mean, not just a little fire, we're talking about a fire. And we heard an explosion and all the fire trucks came. And we're, we went in the backyard, mom and I are watching this fire. And I'm saying, in the name of Jesus, I don't allow embers to come over here because it was big. Not, you know. Might as well make it look exciting, you know, sound exciting. I mean, even if we're watching something like that, we can have fun, right? All right. I wasn't worried because, you know, five minutes before that explosion happened and that fire went on, I was led by the Spirit of God to start speaking protection. Now, I already have protection every day, but the Spirit of God just dealt with me, speak protection. And I was speaking protection over our home, over our cars, over our, you know, because I'm not in fear. In other words, I just thank God that it's working all the time. And I, in, in, in doing that, if I think about it, I just thank you, Lord. The, the blood of, I plead the blood of Jesus. We're protected. We're kept. The angels of God, I'm saying what is happening. I'm not afraid. I'm not saying, okay, Lord, uh, a fire's not going to come and hinder me. No, I'm not calling for things. I'm simply saying what I already have. I have protection. I'm not praying against myself. I'm praying for myself. And I was just saying that. I was sitting on the couch saying, thank you, Lord. We're protected and kept, and I had it in my spirit, and my mom's home is protected and kept, and, and the land is protected and kept. And, and then uh, next thing I knew, one of our staff was saying, uh, Pastor, there's a fire two houses down from your home there. So we went out and back, and we looked at it. it was, and uh, if the wind had shifted, it could have actually taken out several houses on the block. And you know how close those houses are, Pastor Maria, because you, you've been to my mom's house. So <laughs> with that, and I just spoke over it, and it's like, okay, well, we're good. Praise the Lord. And then uh, 
the telephone pole was on fire, and the, the firemen were so busy putting out the fire that they didn't see that. You know, so I'm like, in Jesus' name, that has to go out right now. Because we're having electricity in our home. Because that, you know, that was electrical that, that came to your house. And I'm like, no, our electricity is going to be fine. We've got to take showers and use the blow dryer. All right. Well, you've gotten off subject. No, I haven't. I'm talking about going to my father with complete confidence. And how can I do that? Because I've left down, I, I've let sin go. If I missed it yesterday, I let that go. If I missed it five minutes ago, I let that go. And I say, Father, he who has begun a good work in me, he's faithful to complete it. You're working it in me. You're working your will in me. And that word complete means he's, he's furnishing it in you. Now, very quickly, very quickly is the... Let's go to Hebrews 11. And I, I, we're going to, again, I'm not real sure when we need to wrap up here. I think I got to the first part of my message. But, but we'll get what we need. Amen. Well, I may have got to the first part. Okay, moving right along. Hebrews chapter 11. Verse 3, by faith we understand. Now that word understand, I call that faith's understanding of the heart. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. And that word framed means completed, furnished. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of the things which are visible. God is a God in Genesis 1, and he spoke to the worlds, and he furnished what they needed. He, he spoke and said, let there be light. That word be means to accomplish, means to generate that light. Things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. So why are we looking back at the visible things trying to be right in God's sight? Why are we looking back at the things of our past? Why are we looking at the symptoms of sickness and disease and trying to bring healing into our life? Because our redemptive promises are freedom from sin, freedom from sickness and disease, and freedom from poverty and lack. And saved me, it's all inclusive. Saved means that we've been redeemed. We've been freed. So we, if we're looking at the problem, trying to get the answer, then we're looking at visible things, but the, that's not how it comes for a Christian. That's not how the Word of God works for a Christian. The Word of God works by laying down all the things around us that we're looking at and we're seeing and the feelings and the symptoms and the condemnation and simply saying, Father, in Jesus' name, I take up your word and it says, by Jesus' stripes, I'm healed. I'm free. I'm righteous. And we say that throughout the day. And the more we say it, the more we are convinced. We're not trying to become righteous. You're already righteous. But the assurance in your heart has been affected by the things that we've allowed in over the years. The sadness, the oppression, the sickness and disease that we've been so many times. I know, been there, done that. I know how sickness and disease can distract you. So by faith we understand the worlds were framed or they were completed by what God said. So why are we trying to change and be good enough by the things that we see? But when we start speaking the things that we don't see, but yet we, we see it in God's word, but with the physical eye we, we haven't seen it come to pass yet. 
God called me righteous. God called me healed. God called me prospered. God called me free. But, but, no. Look forward and fellowship with what God's word says. And when you need something, go to the throne of grace and don't tell God about symptoms of sickness. Don't tell God about all the oppression that's dogging you. You take the word of God to him. You say, Father, your word says I've been made free. Your word says I'm righteous. It doesn't matter if I feel condemned. I tell that voice of condemnation to shut up. There are people that come to me and apologize about once every year about something that they didn't even do because they are so dogged in condemnation. And they are so concerned about, I'm going to think badly of them. It's a poor self-image. It's because what they're looking at in their past, what they grew up with, what they heard, what was put inside of them, even as a young Christian, and if they will lay that down once and for all, it's not going to come by feeling. There are times when I want to say things so badly I want to talk about the sickness. I just want to tell everybody, don't you understand what I'm dealing with? I want to tell them some things. Cry for me, please. Just come on. Accommodate my flesh. But that doesn't change anything. All it does makes it worse. So I've had to learn. The only reason I talk about something, if you have to go to the doctor, tell the doctor what your symptoms are, okay? Don't go to the doctor and the doctor says, hey, what are you dealing with? I am healed. I have no sickness and no disease. Well, first of all, you're supposed to call things that be not as though they were. What be not? Healing. So start saying you're healed and whole. Stop talking about what be not. Anyway. You know what I mean. Call things that be not. What be not? Sickness. No, healing. Healing be not. So stop talking about sickness. That's what I was trying to say. But when you go to the doctor, you know, tell him what's going on. Tell him the symptoms you're dealing with. And then when you leave, start thanking God. And what I do is I talk three more times of what I had to say to the doctor. And very seldom I even go to the doctor anymore because I don't trust most of them moving right along. But if I, you know, most of the time that I've been to the doctor, I've told the doctor what I needed. Oh, by the way, this is what I'm dealing with. Well, how do you know? I know my body. And if he really presses me, well, sir, I'm a Christian, okay? Just check it out, all right? Just check it out. I told one doctor, take that root canal out of my tooth, you know, I mean, take the tooth out. And he's like, what? You, you, the root canal? I said, yeah, that's what's making me sick. That's why I'm dealing with all these symptoms. And he said, well, how do you know that? Because the Lord told me. Oh, you know, and I could see it in his eyes, you're one of those. <laughs> I said, just do it. He says, well, go to the endodontist and get it checked out. And I said, no, yeah. just take the tooth out. <laughs> Take it out. <laughs> so he did. He took out the root canal tooth, and then I was, I had gauze in my mouth, and my mouth was above <laughs> and I got there to talk. And I said, okay, what'd you see? What the what you what'd you see in there? And he, he got quiet and he said, Well, it's real soft. And I said, what does that mean? I'm not making fun of anybody. I'm, I'm making fun of myself, okay? All right? And he said, that means that bacteria was in there. Oh, exactly. Exactly. And I spoke over that thing and spoke over that thing. And for two and a half years, I dealt with symptoms, but it finally left. And the Lord dealt with me, well, you never asked to go do that procedure in the first place. I'm like, I got it, God. 
next time I do any procedure, I will be asking you. It's not what everybody else is pushing or what somebody else tells me to do. It's what you tell me to do. I'm just saying. I'm not trying to be your pastor. Don't come ask me if you need to get a procedure, okay? I'm going to tell you, go, go pray about it, all right? Praise the Lord. Well, stand up. All right, sit back down. You give me five more minutes. All right. All right. Well, stop shouting and taking all my time then. All right. So we're back in Philippians. All right. Verse 6, being confident of this very... See, I was going to do it anyway. I knew you'd give me the five minutes. All right. Being confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you, he's faithful to complete it. Yeah. And it says in Philippians 2.13, For it is God who works in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. And that means that it works effectively. And it's moving. It's active. It's effectual. So you've got to be moving You've got to be using. What do we talk about walking in the Spirit or walking using, utilizing the tools within you, in your human spirit, the fruit of the Spirit? Yeah, that's what we started out. You've got to be using those things. You've got to be keeping in step, step with those. And that's how God changes things in your life through the words of your mouth and responding to what the Spirit's telling you to do. And when you are making that your lifestyle, rather than taking half the day looking at the oppression, staying up half the night crying about the problem, I mean, if we'll lay there a bit, there have been times I couldn't go to sleep. It's like, really? I got to get up tomorrow. I am, t you know, I'm tired. I got to get up. I got to take a flight. I was like, I got to go to California. And I'm already only going to get two and a half hours sleep as it is. So I'm kind of fighting with myself, and it just rises up in my heart. Well, why don't you just start singing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs? Oh. Well, why don't you pray in the Spirit until you can fall asleep? Oh. Why don't you tell your mind to shut up? Oh. And start speaking. So what I do is I'm laying there, thank you, Lord, for light. Oh, it's so bright. Oh, thank you, Lord, I'm free from the darkness of night. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness, your mercy, and your truth that's working in me. Oh, oh, I love thee. Oh, you're so good to me, Father. I'm healed, I'm whole. I'll wake up in the morning and energized, I will go. And you just start speaking out of your spirit until you just eventually fall asleep. And then the next day, you get up in the morning and you do it all over again. Because your body's tired and you got to remind it what you said last night. Amen. That you're energized. Yeah. And if I need mercy, it's like, Lord, I know I could have been better organized. I didn't have to take five hours trying on all my clothes but when I was packing. I know. I know, Lord, you're helping me with that. And thank you. Thank you for helping me with that. Because on that night before I go to California, my, my husband's like, I'm sleeping upstairs. All right. Because I got to find out which outfit fits. Well, moving right along. That was all. Okay. I just took your five minutes. Will you give me five more? Right. Every woman understood what I just said. All right. So in verse 9, this is his prayer. And this I pray, that you, your love may abound still more and more in knowledge and all discernment, that you may approve the things that are excellent, that you may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ, being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Christ Jesus, to the glory and praise of God. So he was able to pray for them that they would understand how to stand, that they would know how to be strong, 
that they would know, you know, that they would see walking in the love of God. And you need to read that in Amplified and pray that in the Amplified because that, that's an awesome uh, uh, version. And, and, and Paul was able to go to the throne of grace and pray for others because he was confident in what was in him. And he had been developing his heart, renewing his mind. Now, they're two different things, but they happen at the same time. What are you talking about? When you're renewing your mind, you're actually changing out wrong thoughts and putting God's word in place. It's called the law of displacement. But your heart, what's happening, and you're using your faith to do that. So when you are speaking healing and health, you're renewing your mind. Because why? You are changing out, putting healing in the place of sickness. And you're thanking God, I'm healed. I'm whole. I'm full of life. So that's what your mind is going to be renewed to because that's what you're saying. You're using your faith. But at the same time, when you're saying I'm healed and whole, what's happening in your spirit? Sickness mentality is leaving your heart. Did you know your heart has a mentality? Well, moving right along. Um, Bitterness moves out of the heart when you're talking about how you love people. Sadness moves out of your heart when you're talking about how joyful you are and when you're responding to the Spirit of God. And we give you opportunities to do that. Somebody could run right now. I knew particularly that was for you, so come up here, and that we would need somebody to stand behind him, because you drove clear from Texas, right? Uh, or flew, flew, flew from Texas to Iowa, then drove from Iowa to here. Oh, well, praise the Lord. Now, he lives in Iowa, but he's been uh, in a job in Texas, right? Yeah. And But you've been very faithful, and God's just ministering to you in Jesus' name. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> now, let him fall if he's got to fall. He doesn't have to fall, but let him if he needs to. Yeah, I mean, not like hard fall, but anyway. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't worry about it. The wife is coming, okay? of our past go and remember that condemnation thing I I understand sometimes you just feel like Lord I just need to do better well stop talking about doing better and just start talking the word just start talking the word you see when we start talking the word then can I read one scripture just in Joshua, and we, we've heard this, but we just have to see it in light of what we are saying. Uh, you know, in Joshua 1, verse 8, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate. That means to mutter in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. See, you, you speak. That word meditate means to mutter. It means to say it. Now, you can do what you want to do the rest of the day, but day and night, you need to speak God's word. All right. All right. So, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. Start saying what God's word says, and it's called, it starts out with a confession of meditation. It becomes a confession of faith when you start believing it. But you got to say it. You got to say it. And there's a point of contact in there where you're going to eventually see it or understand it. I call it faith's understanding of the heart. Because you keep saying it. You keep saying it. Full assurance of understanding is what Colossians 2 is talking about. 
full assurance of understanding comes when we speak God's word. It's called faith's understanding of the heart. And when we're speaking it and speaking it and speaking it and we don't feel like it, we don't believe it necessarily. It's what God's word says. That's who we are, but I don't feel like it. Eventually, you're going to come to a change, an epiphany, so to speak, in your spirit that will, oh, I'm healed. (laughs) I'm free. Oh, I'm righteous. Well, go ahead and stand up. I'm righteous. I'm full of light. Yeah.